Do you live your life rock boat to rock boat? If so, then welcome aboard the Boatcast, the podcast for rock boaters by rock boaters. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the podcast, Ken Block, for part two of Yay our... for me. <laughs> <laughs> so exciting. And the boat is right around the corner, guys. Damn. Yes. I so, mean, we're, we're, it's hard to believe. It's like you go, God, it's not coming for months. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> sneaks up. There it is. It's something really exciting to be able to look for and forward to as we roll through the holidays, right? Heck yeah. And the fact that you guys created such an amazing entity that has made so many relationships. There's, there's kids that yeah. were practically born on the rock boat. There's individuals who got married. Yes. People have gotten married on the boat. You, yeah. Your vision um, has has changed systematically changed people's lives it's changed my life um and i'm just curious how did this idea come come about well it's it's that's a really great question and if you ask anyone in the band or early management we've all got little different stories but i'll give a little broader stroke sure. to it um you know with with the band uh, you know, we were traveling around in a van and trailer for several years, three and a half years before we got our record deal, four years, maybe even. Um, and, you know, in that time period, uh, you know, I'd walk out every night after the show and with my pen and paper and get everybody's name and number. And this is really before email lists, right? Yeah. Um, this is this is mid 90s kind of mm -hmm. thing, right? And I'd get, I'd get phone numbers. And, and if someone had a stray email address, we'd start to collect it. Um, <laughs> and and, and when, when we'd come into town, I'd call, I'd literally call everybody um, about a week ahead of time and say, hey, we're coming to Charleston. You know, hey, can we sleep on your couch? Or they'd be like, come stay. We'll have a, you know, do oysters in the backyard. Um, and it was always about maintaining those relationships, relationships, hanging out, doing all that stuff. And so... You know, when Somewhere More Familiar got picked up, we released it as an indie record um, and sold about 30,000 copies out of the back of our van and in consignment stores. What? And uh, got picked up and got re-released by Universal. Um, when we got through that cycle where it had gone gold and then it went platinum, the Hazelnuts, as they named themselves, um, we had had like a, a message board that was one of the first message boards um, of any band, of any artists out there. And I was on it every day. And like Jim Weddick, Six yeah. Man Jim, yeah. like there's a few of those core people that were on that early message board. Oh, wow. And everyone was always talking about wanting to get together and celebrate taking Sister Hazel from a van and trailer to a bus to our first platinum records and all these, you know, all this great stuff. And so we always wanted to, we're thinking about things that we could do. And so uh, one of the things we started doing was we do, basically they were eat and greets. We were like, 
we'll bring a grill or we'll bring people out. You know, we'll be in the parking lot outside of our, the club we're playing and we'll make hamburgers. Y'all come out and, and we were cooking burgers, giving them to people. We did that all over the country um, for people. And it was like, people would start tailgating, like hanging out and they'd start bringing, just like these parties I used to have as a kid, right? Mm-hmm. would come and bring, hey, this is my mom's potato salad. And, <laughs> you know, there's Jets flipping burgers and Mark, you know, all that. And, and uh, we got to be so close with everybody. And they said, let's do something. And so, you know, we were, Andy Levine, who was our manager at the time, Andy, yep. um, we all went to school together here at the University of Florida. Um, that is a whole other <laughs> long story about our relationship with Andy and, and Waterdog and Jet and Ryan and me and all that. And I got Andy his first job. Andy was social chair, or Andy and Jet, they booked me, they were fraternity brothers, and uh, booked my heavy metal bands, uh, Redline, to play a party that they had. I met him like that. Oh, wow. Anyway, I got Andy his first job booking booking a club here in town called Rickenbackers, and as the band started building, I kept going, Andy, why don't you manage us? So we ended up, he was managing us, cut who he sings, went it started in the van, blew up, and I, I, the two things happened kind of simultaneously. Three. One is the fans started saying, we want to do something. Okay. And we were thinking, what's different that we can do besides these eat and greet things that we're doing? Um, and Mark has said something. Mark used to play on cruise ships. Okay. Like in the summers and stuff. And he'd play, and he goes, man, I think, I think there's something to be done out there. And at Around that same time, Andy was on a flight with like a travel agent saying something about how we were looking to do, they just started talking, this lady next to him, about wanting to do something. And I think somehow the idea of the cruise and putting that together and, and we all started talking about the idea and we said, all right, we'll see if we can charter a certain number of cabins. Can we block out half the boat or whatever it was right. and, um, and take another band. And so that was the first one. And we, we took out, I think, four or 500 people, I think. Um, Dexter Freebish came with us. I don't remember if we played one or two shows. Um, but what I remember is, I remember walking off the boat going, we're onto something here. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it wasn't about the shows. It was, the shows were great, they were fun. My band is texting me inappropriate stuff that was popping up on my screen. Or something. <laughs> um, 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 uh, it wasn't really the shows, although they were great and they were fun and they were unique. I'd never rock band had never really done anything like that out at sea at that great. time. Um, um, it was about this. It was about sitting by the pool, having these conversations. It was about being in the casino and having a cocktail with somebody and about hearing how, you know, all for you meant this, or, uh, you know, I heard happy in here, whatever it was. And it was about the relationship and the community, right? Mm-hmm. And no way could that, that, it allowed us to get close with them and it allowed them to get closer to each other. And I remember walking off that boat and looking at Andy and looking at this guy saying, we're on to something. Now, there's a big leap between blocking off uh half a boat and chartering a boat right okay and that's a that's a seven figure plus ordeal right and so it we had to say look are we going to try this first of all i I remember coming up here too 
when we had the boat and we went from like two bands to I think 18 bands the second year. Wow. And we said, we're going to make this more of a festival. Now it was seven stages like it is now. It was like, uh, it was this carnival ship back then. So we had, I think we had three stages going, but one main stage in the thing went up. Anyway, I don't even, I don't remember exactly, but anyway, I remember pulling up going, I can't believe they gave us a boat. Like, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, look at it going, we did this. Like, it was insane to me. Um, but you know, there's people, there's the people part and the music part and all that part. We got that part about it, but I think the part that was, that was different between us and a lot of other people that time, and it had a lot to do with Andy and it had a lot to do with Tim Bogle and cutting Rodney Stanmore early on um, was that we dreamed this stuff up and we thought, well, we are having such a good time and we're having so much fun. Other people are too. Are we in, are we all in on this? And so yeah. we had to take that risk and go, try to sell it to people that could help us get secure enough financing to get that kind of thing done. Okay. And um, those first few years was close. And this is the thing. And I, I know I'm talking a little bit of business here and I, I hope it sheds a little bit of light on, on, on the rock book. Cause a lot of people have numbers really kind of crazy when they think about the boat and the bands and, the, and all this, but think about what it takes to charter a boat. Right. And then to staff a boat, and then to get all the production, and then to, and then to book all those bands, right? Yeah. And then to book, um, uh, um, uh, to all those moving travel, all the different things, right? All the collateral yeah. stuff, right? Um, you know, you can have, let's say, there's a twenty five hundred uh, people that you could sell a cabin to on that boat. You could have twenty three hundred people on that boat, and it'll look awesome. It'll, it'll feel awesome. You won't feel the difference. But all of the ability to make any money at all to be able to grow that event is in those last couple hundred people. That's it. Okay. It's not really about like, it's not right. this huge money. It, it brings to bring a lot of money. Yeah, but the overhead is so big. So for us, it's never been, you know, that's this doesn't sustain Sister Hazel or doesn't sustain everything. It's like, it, it's a piece of the puzzle that kind of does that. And so, and so, you know, when, when, when we, when we're dealing with, with bands and booking bands and picking bands, and the first criteria we have to look at is like, we've got lanes to fill and, yep. and we, we want to have our headliners um, that we know are going to sell some cabins. We need some names that we can talk about. We want some mid-level touring artists that have, uh, are getting some momentum but room to grow we want them to we want sonically things to be a little bit here a little bit here a little bit here um we want your baby bands we we want to be able to give those baby bands an opportunity to grow like all these things and and this is the thing i think a lot of people also don't understand is that sometimes bands say no <laughs> they're like go get this band and we're like and i want so bad to go we did we I want to go we asked them but they just said no they don't want to do it Sometimes that happens, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I yeah. don't know why they're not getting so and so on the boat. Well, it's not that we didn't try, or sometimes they just want so much money that right. if we're not gonna, if we're gonna have them, then there's five other bands we can't have. Okay, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. so, and so I may go, you know, I'm just gonna, I'll, I'll throw out some crazy, or I'll use somebody that's not alive anymore. Like, we want to bring Elvis on the boat. Well, that would, I can't wait. Elvis is gonna be awesome. Yeah, if I get Elvis. 
you know, red wine blue is not coming this year. And green's right. not coming this year. And certainly not, you know, the beaches and you know, all the, all this stuff. So it's just a Rubik's cube. And, and, and a lot of times you'll have offers in for months and trying to get artists to confirm a year out, six months out, three months, two, we try to get them. Uh, we've been working on bands for 24 already for the last oh, seven wow. or eight months. Wild. And I have some news, but there's still pieces of the puzzle that we're, that we're going to be working on for a while here. So it's really interesting. It's really fun. Um, it's been really fun for me. Um, I want you to come because, you know, you're a Toad the West Brocket fan and you came to see Toad. Yeah. But you left that year saying, I'd never seen David Ryan Harris and he blew my mind. Right. I love that kind of thing. I love the fact that when we first brought uh, Blackberry Smoke on the boat, nobody had any idea. You know, they were playing a little spinnaker show. And uh, I knew because our architect Jay was like, you know, we knew those guys. Like, you're going to love these guys. Zach Brown, yeah. you know, Zach was playing the Ella. Zach was playing the, we did the Rock Slope, which was our, our sort of sister ski event that we did for years. Um, I mean, Zach played on the lobby floor. And as a testament to Zach, Zach played on the lobby floor. Like he was, he was playing wherever he could. And one of the things about, about Pat McGee band and Zach mm -hmm. Brown band and, and a lot of those bands were like us, you'll still see Brian Facchino doing this, um, is that they were up all night long playing until the sun came up. Yep. And, you know, as our crowd gets a little older, they're not quite as interested in that. <laughs> For those first 10 years, first decade or so, um, you know, those sunrise, those, those 4 a.m., 5 a.m., uh, you know, jams that would just go on and on, that really earned those guys a lot of, a lot of fans. And I like to look at them and go, um, man, they're, you're doing those, those things that you did um, are really serving you well now. So uh, it's exciting trying to put that Rubik's Cube together. When in all of this do you find time to get with – with 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 hazel to figure out what you're gonna like it seems like a lot of i mean you're doing a lot of great work i just uh how do you like manage your time on the boat um well we have people to help us for sure <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of work that goes on before we get on the boat okay so that when we get on the boat we're not making it up as we go right um um between you know jen weddick is a superstar she's amazing um, um, Jen has been a friend and a fan and, and now part of this rock boat. Uh, she's the fearless leader, really, in my opinion. Um, uh, for so long, she's phenomenal. People that she pulls around, you know, Trey's helping out with book and stuff. Tim Bogle, our manager, is just phenomenal. Um, but Jet Barris in our band, that guy is the driving force behind a lot uh, bass player for those of you who don't know who Jet is, yep. um, he's he's the he's not he doesn't look very good. He's the one that he's the chick repellent. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> he uh, he's extremely creative, and he's the guy. You know, the first few years, I I can honestly say the first few years, it was it was he and I, and me, and a lot of the vision and the finales and a lot of the the bigger shows and collaborations, but. In the last 10 years, if not even more, he's really the visionary that, that focuses on 
how the sail away is going to unfold. Now we all have a role in that, but we, right. he takes the lead and we'll come in with sure it is. And he'll go, I got that one. Let me chew on that for a little bit. Um, the finale things with, uh, you know, the greatest showman stuff and the Beatles things and, um, the drumline stuff and all these different things. Chet Barris deserves all the credit in the world. Now we do, we meet throughout the year, uh, whether it's about themes, whether it's about, um, uh, alter ego sets that we do, um, that as now theme night sets on the, on the boat, like, you know, whether it was one of my favorites was like Woodstock that we did years ago, mm -hmm. um, uh, movie theme night, like when B&L did, uh, I think they did like Little Mermaid or something crazy <laughs> like that. Um, uh, Carbon Leaf doing G Ghostbusters, you know, all the, the, the theme yeah. stuff. But Chet is really uh, phenomenal at, sh at shaping a lot of those kind of ideas. And I think we set the tone those first years, we wanted to play Van Halen. I was a huge Van Halen fan. And so um, I said, let's do a Van Hazel set. And Mark and Drew didn't want to do it. So we got, um, I think the first year we got Kevin Murphy from Tonic, or was it Travis McNabb from Better Than Ezra or Sugarland? Anyway, he played drums with us. And it was me and Ryan and Barris. And we did all David Lee Roth era Van Halen songs. And it was so much fun for us, right? And then and we did Guns and Hazel, which was all Guns and Roses. <laughs> and then we did SHDC, which was Sister Hazel ACDC. Then we did like ZZ Hazel. ZZ, we, just, we found stuff we like to do. <laughs> Zom Petty, you guys remember that? The, the Zom, that, that was Zom my favorite of yours. Yeah. I love that being from Gainesville. But, um, but then people started kind of doing their own thing. And more power to them because they will then take that idea and improve on it, make it better and do different things. But but uh, all of those things we're talking about all through the year. Uh, we rehearse those things through the year. Um, we try to not give them away, but we rehearse them a little bit. And uh, and uh, so that when by the time we get on the boat, we're not having to do a whole lot of learning. Uh, you have to when you're doing some of the collaborative stuff, but but you kind of know where you're getting started. I was gonna I was gonna say that uh, your 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 brother would be proud when I. When when you played that Guns N' Roses set, yeah, man, your the vocals, your vocals <laughs> Thanks, were just it, it was crazy. How, yeah, how I, good I you, you were able to. In, I appreciate. It. I mean, I grew up singing. You know, it's funny because I grew up when I was young. I talked to you guys earlier. A lot of the singer songwriters, the Simon Garfunkel, James Taylor, um, Crosby, Stills, Nash. I love the harmony stuff. But I grew up in bands doing Van Halen doing the Guns N' Roses, doing Motley Crue, you know, do you know where you are? <laughs> you know, just ripping vocals and stuff. And I love, well, what he loved, we'd look out in the audience and see like, you know, like like Matt Nathanson or somebody like, I love it, you know, um, or GNR and all that stuff. So I we did that because again, we figured if it was going to be fun for us, it's going to be fun for other people, man. If you're having fun, other people are going to have fun with it. So, uh, yeah, man, those, those sets are a lot of fun. And the theme sets, uh, bands now really take it to another level. And it's so much fun to, to, to watch that. We like to go early on those nights so that we can just sit back and kind of watch the show. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite meal to eat on the boat? 
Oh, French fries, period. Like, I love those ship fries. <laughs> I hope you'll get like a plate of fries and I love ketchup too. And I, I'm, I, I like to just bounce around and say, hey, everybody, it's on a French fries. I can pretty much eat just French fries the whole time. <laughs> stairs or <laughs> elevator? Yeah. <laughs> Favorite elevator? Is that what you said? Uh, uh, stairs or elevator? Oh, stairs or elevator? I like to do stairs. Um, uh, until I can't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'm there with you. It's usually like the first yeah. ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, and elevators are fun. Um, elevators can be fun too. It, look, it takes me long enough to get from one end of the boat to the other. <laughs> like just kind of walking <laughs> and talking to everybody. So yep. sometimes when I get in an elevator, it's, it's uh, um, I don't, it, 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 people hold the door and I'll start dinging and all that stuff. I, <laughs> I like the stairs because I can run around and do all that. But, uh, it, it's neat too to see what, what extra, I don't want to, I don't know if extra is the word I want to use, but like extra things that have evolved from this, this floating festival, speaking about elevators, you know, like the elevator jams. Um, oh yeah I, I know the first boat that i was on i was sound asleep and it was like 4 a.m and i woke up and i was like there is no way they're still playing music and i got dressed and i left my room my, my cabin and it was the first time i ever met megan farrell she was in the elevator and i was just like this is the coolest thing ever it was hot like it was, but i was like Look. i was like i probably should sweat it out anyway so <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, if you tell yourself this is never going to happen anywhere else, right? Exactly. Never enjoy this. Don't miss this. Yeah. What a treat that, what a treat she is, isn't she? Oh, amazing. Mm -hmm. We yeah. saw her at, uh, at Tex Texas, in Texas, at Texified. And, um, she's, she's, she's super nice and she has yeah. an amazing voice. And I know Eamon watched a little bit of the Phillies game with her while we were there, but yeah, yeah. Her, her, being from, her, her being from Harrisburg, you know, we were down in Texas, uh, you know, the PA folk was uh, watching the Phillies, unfortunately, lose together. <laughs> he had a, he, you guys had a common enemy, yeah. <laughs> well, who was the band from Harrisburg? The Badleys? Was Badleys from Harrisburg? Harrisburg PA had a, had a mm -hmm. band that, oh. in the 90s that kind of broke, might have been the Badleys. Anyway, my ADD hit in, sorry. <laughs> No worries. Well, we got near Harrisburg. We've got York, PA. So live Ed Qualchick's been on the boat a couple of times. So, oh, dude, that was that blew me away because you remember throwing copper was like, oh, yeah. that was, was was like nothing I'd ever heard before. And uh, you know, my wife was a big fan of that record too, Tracy. And so, um, having to add on the boat for me was one of those moments of. Are you serious, man? Like yeah. that dude that I was listening to, he he's here because we made this thing happen. Yeah. And I'm just like you guys. I'm watching that show going, holy shit, there's uh -huh. there's the song, there's the voice, there's the thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's so it's and again, you can talk about I mean stories, like stories yeah. like that that you literally uh, I, last boat, I was standing there and I think I was watching. I forget who it was. It might have, I forget who it was, but I looked next to me and it was Jarrett Reddick from Bowling for Soup. Oh, yeah. And he was there with his wife. He was all like, over the boat, wasn't he? I was, mm -hmm. Oh my God, yeah. I was like, this guy, like, you know, again, it was somebody that you grew up listening to is now, he's like, 
a in your example guys playing on your boat basically and here i'm standing next to this guy who i love like this is like wow like and you know what for me too because i you know i love those guys yeah um and he this is i'm glad you brought him up because he is a great example of a guy that gets the rock boat and he got it from the first time they were on there and it was like yep. the first moment they were on there and and he still loves music he still loves the people he still uh has tremendous gratitude for what he's able to do um but he's a fan like i mean i remember even in our finale set he was front row for a while i'm like mm-hmm. dude i love it i mean I, it's it's contagious to be around that kind of thing oh my god um, and i love it when, the, when they're you know when we have artists on the boat uh that you never see we remember that, you know, like mm-hmm. yeah. they're not, they're, they're entitled to do the boat how they want to do the boat. But when I see somebody like that, I go, yeah, man, that uh, 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 on, on board, that guy brings value to, to the boat in mm-hmm. innumerable ways because it's not just about the time that he's on stage. That That is consistently a, a topic of conversation every time we have somebody on our podcast. Um, with the artist that's awesome. and that's great and i hope yeah yeah i hope you give because look it doesn't it's it's not always uh second nature for some guys um, yeah. um it's harder um uh it's actually harder for me with with my voice not on the boat i can't i can't scream all night like i used to over everybody <laughs> and laugh because that mm-hmm. tears your voice up too a little bit but um but the ability to, to, to put yourself out there and connect with people throughout, those are memories you'll never, people never forget that. Yep. Nope. I don't forget it. I still don't forget them, you know? It, and, it's, uh, I'll forget funny. Jared in the front row at my show on the last <laughs> boat, you know? That's funny you so. say that because the last episode we had was with um, Seth Bolt from Need to Breathe. And yep. he was talking about that process of being on the first boat, a little reserved. And then yeah. seeing what it's about and then just doing what, what Jarrett did, uh, doing, yeah. you know, his recommendation yeah. is don't be afraid. Just dive in. That's what he said. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. Don't be afraid. We had, we still, I mean, for, we still have to do some of this convincing. Um, but like, I'm like, the people are, you're going to be okay, guys. You know, like, <laughs> there are bands in art. They're like, you're, they're, there was early on, like when we started putting, um official meet and greets as part of the schedule right that really helped because i think a lot of people went i'm gonna have my moment mm-hmm. to get my picture or to get this thing signed or to get whatever um and so then it, it let people kind of breathe and be um look i remember being a little kid and being on a boat with my little brother i, I was probably i couldn't have been more than seven years old right and i remember there was a um like a, a kind of a Sammy Davis Jr. kind of guy on the boat. He was singer, tap dancer, you know, in all the shows kind of thing. And I remember um, I saw him at, I saw him at di- in the dinner, in the, in the, uh, what's in the restaurant, whatever. Um, and I just went, oh my God, I, it was like looking at royalty. Like I thought, I saw that guy tap dancing and singing on the stage last night 
there he is, man, he's eating right in the same room as me. And it, it was like, and I don't, I just don't forget that. I don't forget how it feels to, to, uh, to, to watch somebody express it like that and then to be able to commune with them in some way. It's, it, it, it left an Im, it, uh, big impression on me as a kid. It, and you're, you've captured that ability to do that for adults. Uh, on the boat you have like i i was on a another elevator story uh i was in the elevator with andrew i didn't even know it was i, I knew i knew him i just didn't yeah. know he was in the it was andrew mcmahon he was in the elevator at the time yeah and it wasn't packed but like i i was like kind of just like looking around i got in and i was just like looking around and i'm just like oh hey huh. andrew that's andrew mcmahon it's like, oh, yeah, okay. And I was wearing a t-shirt and I think he was going to perform. He was he was on his way to the pool deck, I believe. And he had he he left and I was wearing a shirt and it was it was a very large shirt and it had a lot of big lettering and and he recognized it afterwards and he's up on the stage and he's singing and it's just like and he looks at you and you know that that look there's a connection. Just, That's right. Yeah, and I was just like mind blown. Can't get yeah. this anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, Andrew McMahon, like, he's a cancer survivor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. And, and what a great story he has and what a great uh, platform he has used to raise money and awareness. Yep. Um, Jack. And it's just, I love being able to, you know, as an artist, there's the, there's the, there's the interacting with, with the, with the people that are there to see the shows. We pass each other, the other artists, in truck stops across America all oh, that's cool. year long. Like, yeah. we don't get to stand, stand side stage and be blown away uh, by Brian Facchino playing ripping some lead, you know. But I, on the rock boat, I get to stand with, you know, I'll be standing there with Scott Terry or somebody going, did you hear that? You know, like, like we don't really get to do that as often while people are playing and performing. And uh, it's just as much fun for us uh, as, as it looks. <laughs> so we, we put a feeler out there to our, our rock boat Facebook community and without revealing who we were, who, who we were going to have on, we asked yeah. for some, you know, for some general questions. If we were to interview an artist that we've never had on before, what yeah. are some questions? And um, one of the, there's four questions that, we picked and um first one is what is the best lyric you have written <laughs> i don't i couldn't tell you the best lyric i've ever written okay that's going to be subjective but i can tell you the one that uh that to me resonates the most with me right and there's a line in a song i wrote called mona lisa's um, it's on Pam, and it's uh, and it says, "If I survive myself, I'll survive anything." And 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 that to me is all. It's always I'm the you know I'm the problem. You know, I used to talk about I used to talk about you know you know you know people talk about you drink or you do drug you do whatever. Like I used to call that stuff anti chem medication. It was like I need to get me <laughs> off of me, right? And so. It's like, get, you know, get out of my own way. And so if I survive myself, if I can overcome uh, those pieces of me that keep tripping myself up, 
uh, that I'll survive anything. And so that one, I, I come back to on my own a little bit, but, um, but I, I gotta tell you, man, it's really incredible. There, there are some people that are lyrics people and there are some people that are melody. They don't even know, they don't even, it doesn't even resonate at all. I don't understand those people, but I agonize over those lyrics. Like, even, you know, all of them, like when someone goes, man, I, that little turn of phrase or that, you know, no, there's a line, um, leave no, leave no uh, turn on stone. Yeah. But I have it in, in something or in, in Firefly, um, uh, 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 no finer heart could ever beat for you. Like these lines and people will go, man, I, I caught that or whatever. I'm like, I spent an hour on that line. Thank you. know, like, thank you. It's been four days. I couldn't quite get it. You know, I tell people <laughs> yeah. the difference between a right word and the almost right word is the difference between like a firefly and a lightning bolt. You're right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. That's yeah. like, there's the almost right word, but when you get the right word, it's like, it's like, man, that's it. And we all know it when we hear it, we all know it you're like oh my gosh and that, that's hard to find those lines are are few and far between but when you hear an artist deliver one or or drop one that resonates with you man those things are that's powerful stuff priceless you know it's just yeah, another question that that we got was top rock boat memories that resonate with you the most that's going to be a difficult one <laughs> <laughs> so um you can answer that however you would like <laughs> All right, well i'll say every year um the the beginning of the sail away set for me every year is that first three or four songs it's like just the energy is palpable it is so much love and and so much happiness and joy and escape from anything else that's going on. Even if you were stressed out until you walked on that pool deck stage, it goes away and that boat starts moving and you're coming down, coming out. That moment to me every year is something I, I look forward to. I look, I, I do not miss it. I take, I am not, I am being mindful in that moment for sure. So every year, that's one uh, that, that I'll take. Uh, other ones that just popped in my head right there yeah. is we did one, we did a, a, a show back on one of the carnival ships where the atrium stayed. The atrium went up like 10 decks. You guys remember oh, wow. that? Yep. We did a, a, an America show. Yeah. Every song had some connection to usa or america or whatever and i remember charlie uh i remember charlie from black Grace smoke coming out and singing charlie daniel's song with us i remember that vividly but <laughs> at the end of that show we we had them do red white and blue confetti and we we had set it up and we we're like this is going to be awesome well by the time they were done with that confetti <laughs> it was this deep like the whole floor wow. was probably 10 inches deep eight ten inches deep of of confetti all it, it just kept coming and kept i mean people were having the best time and looked up 10 i don't remember how many how many uh 
uh, decks that you could see, but probably eight or ten, right? I'm not yeah, wrong about I think it, it was yeah. like uh, it was at least six or seven, but it was on it was incredible. It was a lot. It was like tall in the middle, and and everyone was wrapped around each floor as you kind of went up, so it looked like you were in some crazy House of Blues thing. Um, that moment forever uh, will just kind of stick with me. And then there's funny things. One is that uh, I remember Andy Levine gave Andrew, uh, Drew Copeland and I, uh, uh, he was thanking us for something and he gave us a couple's massage. <laughs> and, so, and so we went, we went and we did it. We did couple's massage. We did it and we came, saw him that night and we're like, dude, we're like, we did it. And we went, we went in there, we had a couple and he lived there and there. And Andy goes, dude, you didn't have to do it together. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I just gave it to you like it was a couple of massages. <laughs> you didn't have to use it like that. That's so awesome. Like, oh, man. So, but the laughter, you know, the Dave Matthews song, uh, um, uh, The Space Between, oh, yeah. just the laughter keeps us coming back for more. And laughter to me, it's, it's, it's um, you know, every once in a while, especially at the Ken and Drew set where we're out there just messing around, People will go, man, caught your set. Keith Kane from Vertical Horizon. I remember he comes mm -hmm. up, he goes, man, caught your set yesterday. It was hilarious. And I'm like, hilarious? <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not comedians. We're going for we're musicians. But, but at the end of the day, if, if, if making people laugh is part of that, and it's authentic and it comes through, there is nothing better than a big belly laugh, man. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's, so. yeah, it is. It's <laughs> it just... It just adds to the experience, you know, it's just, oh, yeah, again, yeah. one of those things that you don't ever plan on. And, you know, talking about experiences and, and the rock boat and, and, and family and, and the amazing food that's on the run, those French fries, you know, <laughs> yes. um, you know, what's a memory that you can recall of having your family on the boat for the first time? Oh, uh, I remember, um, well, Chance was little when he was first on. Uh, he was little. I remember carrying him around. Um, he was born in 2000, so uh, June 2000. So he was, you know, he was on it as a baby. First couple of boats, and um, uh, just having him be, people felt like he was theirs. You know what I mean? He was like a mascot. Um, and I'll never forget just some kind of him being a part. But you know, for a lot of years, they weren't on the boat. But just because school, it was in the middle of school and they all yeah. had that. As they got older, they've been coming out the last few years. Um, and, you know, I, I love all of them. It's a little bit different. Um, with Chance, I just love watching him interact with people because I've seen him since he was so little. Mm -hmm. Kind of growing to this dude that everybody knows. And he's just the nicest kid. Marley is such a music fan that, that when she's there and for her to... Uh, to discover, she's the girl that you know introduced me to like Phoebe Bridgers and all these people that I never would have known had it wasn't it were not for her saying, "Dad, you got to listen to this. You got to listen to this." So seeing her get turned on to robots and see what we created, watching that is awesome. And Elena, if she like Chris, if she could retire her life and move <laughs> on to the rock boat. She lives her life from Rockboat to Rockboat. Oh, nice. She just loves everything about it. It's it's as good as it gets, everything. And that she can't believe that 
that that it came out of dad and dad and all the all her uncle Hazel's yeah. brain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She's like this. She just loves it so so much. And I got to tell you, um, aside from the music, come on, man, silent disco, amazing, nice. right? It's I mean, insane. It's how insane is that, right? It's so uh, it's, much fun. I've been thinking about it like the upcoming <laughs> vote. I'm just like. All right. Okay. How am I gonna? Then we're gonna. You know, I'm a bigger fella, so it's like I gotta work <laughs> out some moves. Where in case like I trip, like not everybody's gonna get injured. Like, but I gotta like. <laughs> I feel like uh, what's his name, Kevin James from Hitched, where he's like toss the pizza, toss the pizza. You know, I gotta, I gotta stay in my lane. That's what I say. Like I'm churning butter, <laughs> digging a hole. <laughs> but it's so fun, and that that I think that's a perfect way to wrap up the nights on those boats. I think. It's just so fun to watch people's inhibitions drop and, you know, no one, there's no judgment. That's the thing. None. I mean, when I dance, I'm a terrible dancer, like the worst. I'm not going to, but I'll get a little groove on back there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. A little bit, even, you know, and I don't even drink anymore. So, um, you know, if I can do it, anybody can do it. So, you know, it, it's a it leads us into you know r- wrapping up the night can we want to thank you so much for the time that you've given us over the last two episodes and we 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 value your time and we value the the vision that you had years and years ago about this boat and um you know just what you've created and the ripples from that and we just are so thankful and there's no other way that we would like to end our second season of the boatcast and this is our our second season finale so on behalf of everybody here um, we thank you sir so much for for finding time to chat with us man it's absolutely my pleasure it's an honor that you guys have been so moved uh, by something that we uh that we planted a seed that we planted a long time ago that keeps growing and um, and that you've been so moved as to create something like this for so many other people to enjoy and to create your own ripples. And uh, it's 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 people like you guys, people like everyone that's listening to this. All you rock boaters, you are why our army continues to march. So thank you for that. Awesome. Well, Ken, as we would say, we'll see you on the boat. All right, guys. We'll see you on the boat. Take care. Have a good one. See you guys. See ya. Bye, Bye guys. Thank <laughs> you.